fans. This is John Glover from uh, Smallville, and you are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This episode brought to you by Michael Crate and James Husband. Special love goes out to Lee Kemp, who manages our Facebook page. If you like what you're hearing here on the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way. And by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today. Audibletrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. Science fiction is an existential metaphor that allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come, grab a chair, and join the conversations. I'd say we've got an unexpected guest. Rhodes, where we're going, we don't need Rhodes. Guess who's coming to dinner? Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. Good evening. I am Miles P. McLaughlin. Hi, I'm Ciro Garcia. I'm Dave Sellers. And it's fantastic to be back here once again here at the diner talking Battlestar Galactica. Miles, we haven't talked about Battlestar in like years. I, I know. And when, when we first got the podcast going, we talked about it a lot. Because it was still on. It was still on. And uh, yeah, that had a lot to do with it. And um, uh the Shoreleaf Convention and Farpoint were getting um, some really good uh, Battlestar Galactica alumni to be uh, celebrity guests there. So, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was huge when we were, you know, early on. And to be fair, it ended, the last episode aired, uh, what is it, four seasons in the miniseries and then the plan. Um, the March 20th, 2009, we were podcasting two months while it was airing. So, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, so. And we have a long list of uh, folks that we had a chance to talk to oh, that, yeah. that were on Battlestar, which we can talk about later. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be good. But it's just great to be back here. Emma, it's great to have you back on. It's been a while through just various Hi. hokey yes. uh, circumstances that have kind of kept us from meeting up. So, Well, I'm I'm so glad you guys haven't like given up on me. Uh, we haven't. We haven't. Em, you've been uh, missed. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yes. But, I missed um, you guys. Yay. And now we're missing Chrissy because her job schedule's wonky right now. So we, I yeah, know. So, yeah. She she was available tonight, but she needed a nap because she was like 10 hours over time. <laughs> it's like, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, but anyways, that's fantastic, fantastic. Why don't we go ahead and talk a little bit about what's going on in our sci-fi world before we get into the goodness that is Battlestar Galactica, assuming we liked it. I'm assuming that, of course. Um. So, uh, um, let's catch up with you because it's been a heck of a long time since we last talked to you about science fiction. So, oh, uh, wow. Well, <laughs> my world has been like, well, it's just been busy with work. Um, and I just finished man in the high castle, which was crazy weird. I was not expecting that ending and I will keep quiet about it because I don't, it's only been out for like a week and a half, so I don't want to spoiler it. But next week, I'll spoiler the crap out of it. Um, I've been watching, uh, oh, what is it on, on HBO? Watchmen? I still don't know what I'm watching, but I'm watching it. I don't understand what's going on. With the whole squid thing, and then the dude with the catapult, and <laughs> fishing babies out of the lake. Like It's just weird. And I can't quite wrap my head around it, so I'll figure it out. 
Um, getting excited for the expanse. So I need to catch up on that. Um, I went to see the Joker three times. Wow. So it you, so you hated worst. it. It was the worst. <laughs> it was by far the most unique storytelling of an origin story I have ever seen. And if, um, Joaquin Phoenix doesn't get an Oscar for this, uh, or at least an Oscar nomination, then then the movie industry is stupid because rigged. It's I, rigged. I, I, it was so intense and amazing, and I I, I was blown away, blown away. Um, yeah, well, didn't did hear rumor or report that they're working on a second one because of how well it's done. Yeah, I also love that Jared Leto. Apparently, when he found out this was good. Uh, coming together he tried to sue his uh movie studio and his um his agency that represent him because they represent joaquin phoenix as well and he said that he had been promised a joker film after um after suicide squad and like there was nothing to corroborate that so before he went off and like started his island cult he was like all sour grapes about not not getting uh not playing the Joker. Which wow. whatever, you big baby. Yeah. He wasn't that great in had they made a movie oh son of a booger. Hold on. Silence your phones. Well, it's the house phone oh. and I <laughs> need my crutch to get over Oh wow. Hold on. Ugh. See, this is like a whole other chore to get the phone now. Excuse me. (laughs) Oh, my God. Go away. (laughs) Nice. These young snappers don't pick up the phone anymore. Okay, I'm almost back at the couch. Feel free to leave that in, but I because it's hilarious. It is hilarious. But I I did drop the f bomb at some point very quietly. So uh, I'll throw a rooster. Over, I'll throw a rooster over or not. So <laughs> so so anyway, like he wasn't a very good joke. Jared Leto wasn't a very good Joker anyway. Like if if they had made a Joker film with him in it, I wouldn't have seen it. Yeah. And to add to that, the Joker for me was so disturbing. The first time I saw it. I could not walk out to the parking lot to go to my car by myself. <laughs> I waited. It was so disturbing to me. I waited until I saw a group of people heading in the same direction as my car. And then I left. <laughs> wow. Um, what else? That's pretty much it. I got my tickets for star Wars already. Um, I just, uh, now that I'm laid up, I can't, son of a burger butt. Um, <laughs> Now that I, <laughs> now that I, um, hold on. She needs to answer it and give her one of the snarky conversations. Just has. go away. Just go away. <laughs> We're like waiting for something else. The other shoe to drop here. But no, well, I only have one. I only have one shoe that, on. That's true. <laughs> okay. A shoe in the boot, the boot to drop. Booger. I mean, if it's somebody who actually knows me, they call my cell phone. So anyway, <laughs> what was I saying? I don't know. Star Wars. Star, Star Wars, Wars is awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. And I have not signed into my Disney plus. Um, 
yet because I know I'm going to spend like 80 million hours watching it. But I bought um, the Hobbit uh, extended version was on sale on iTunes. So I actually, as much as the Hobbit annoyed the crap out of me, I watched it again. And despite the things that annoy me, it's it's still kind of lovely. And Martin Freeman is so good. Let me ask you He's this: just is so it, delightful. Did you did you just buy it on iTunes? Yeah, I just bought it. So, like, is it still on sale if I go buy it? Uh, I <laughs> don't know. It was last week. Oh, okay. I might so have, maybe I might have to check it out because that's the only one that I don't own. Like, I, I haven't owned the the trilogy. I was like, yeah, the Hobbit trilogy, yeah, whatever. Yeah, like, I have I'm, like fifteen versions of Lord of the Rings and like no Hobbit. <laughs> like, well, like it's the you know Evangeline Lily. I usually fast forward through any scenes with her, and that makes the movie better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, uh, so uh, yeah. um, and that's that's pretty much it for my sci-fi world. I think uh, for the holidays, I'm going to go away for a couple days, and since I can't do anything, uh, I will be watching a lot of Disney Plus and getting my Mandalorian on. Mandalorian, whatever. Yeah, I'm I see gonna, what you did there. Yeah, not just a <laughs> What are you kids been up to? Oh, Dave, why don't you go next? Uh the Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. Been an awesome show. Um, I have something to look forward to every week now. Thankfully, um, I've also been continuing on after one of our other pilot episodes watching. Uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh, uh, we're getting those DVDs through mm. Netflix, and yeah, I'm sad I missed it when it aired, but it's uh, it's just as good now. It was so good. Mm-hmm. It was a very good show. Really enjoying it. Um, playing Mass Effect still a good bit, and really, it's sci-fi wise. Um, I got hooked on a show on Hulu called Letter Kenny. I How binged, is that? Oh my gosh! It is wet your pants laughing. Oh god! <laughs> it, it it really really is. It it is. It is probably one of the funniest shows I've watched in quite a while. But, wow! Uh, yeah, I finished all seven of that. Waiting for season eight sometime to come out, but uh, that that was really good. And my wife and I have been since we got Disney Plus. We've been uh, pretty much going through another Marvel movie marathon. We just finished Cap Civil War here today before we started recording. Nice. Ah. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Miles, how about you? What's going on in your sci-fi world? So I, I, I rewatched the pilot for the reimagined Battlestar Galactica, which we're, we're reviewing tonight. I also watched some of the, cl- the classic Battlestar Galactica pilot. It was in three parts. I only saw the, the two 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 parts just to kind of compare them a little um enjoy watched uh, amazon prime's man high castle the ending has me confused so and maybe you and i could talk about that later uh watchman on hbo i'm enjoying that yeah i'm a little it's a little wacky but i'm enjoying it uh, gene smart is brilliant in it i'm also enjoying uh, dc's uh titans um i haven't watched these shows in a while but i'll get back to it soon um CW's Flash, Supergirl, and Black uh, Lightning. Um, I'm really looking forward to um, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which will be coming out in a, in a couple weeks. I am reading, and it was just kind of serendipitous when it happens. Um, 
It's called Somewhere Beyond the Heavens, Exploring Battlestar Galactica. It's a it's book of essays from these different, different authors. Uh, it's just exploring different aspects of Battlestar Galactica. Um, it just kind of uh, worked out that way that, I, that I was, this book came out while I was getting ready for this um, review. That's awesome. Very good. Yep. Well, in my sci-fi world, uh, I am, of course, watching The Mandalorian. And it's the only, it's actually the only show because Kiefer and I are watching it. We love it, love it to death. Um, and, uh, Emma, I can't wait for you to watch it so that we can actually talk about it. Just saying. Um, cause it is, it is pretty incredible. So, um, I did see one little stat on it today that it is doing better than, um, it is doing better as far as people watching it than, uh, Stranger Things which isn't really a fair comparison uh, because I think of all the star Wars fans out there. Right. And versus oh, yeah. people that are stranger things. So it's not like apples to apples, but <laughs> I thought it was like a clickbaitish headline, but um, that I saw, but, but it, it's good. It's well, it's good. I'm enjoying it. And um, I know see some people, this won't spoil anything, but I know some people were a bit iffy about the third episode, but I liked it. Sold me so that's been the one I've been watching. Uh, what else has, have I been watching? Um, so I haven't been watching a ton. Uh, I've been reading, um, I continue to work my way, way through Sarah J. Moss's series, um, Throne of Glass series, and uh, I'm in a third book called Air of Fire, it's a fantasy series as follows uh, a female heroine that was actually incredible. Um, and there's stuff that they reveal in each book that suddenly like are like startling revelations. Um, like the second book, the way that they just drop something uh, about the main character is absolutely, you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It was like one of those moments. Um, what's really cool, if you go to Sarah J. Moss's website, she has like Spotify playlists that you can listen to that she's made that supposedly coincide with the book. So... So I thought that that was kind of cool. But, um, I think that's about it. I haven't done a, uh, there isn't a ton more in sci-fi that I've watched. So. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, it's just maybe one of the, I think I watched like one of the first Lego shorts for Star Wars that was also on Disney Plus. Um, let me tell you, I, will, I do want to talk, can I talk a little bit about my Disney Plus experience? Right? Is that Okay. Yeah, go ahead, because I haven't, I need to do something. Yeah, so so Disney Plus, like, honestly, I bit the bullet a month ago because I'm like, Marvel and Star Wars, why not, right? Like, that's that's why I bought it. Yeah, yeah screw the family. That's all I wanted, right, that. Um, but um, so I was watching it, and then my wife was watching, watched uh, Sister Act uh, with my daughter, and they were dying laughing and then my wife and i went on a date i guess last friday night we came home and my son's watching hannah montana right <laughs> which yeah which is a little bit weird except that my daughter was watching it with him and she just happened to go upstairs and he was like i like this show i'm gonna continue watching it um so it's a cute show it is a cute show and that's uh you know it's uh and so she really he really enjoyed it. So the family is making good use of it beyond me, probably more use of it than I am right now. But well, but, that's good. Yeah. So uh, so there's that. Oh, and the other the only other thing going on in my sci-fi world is I, I'm still coaching the Overwatch League 
uh, our high school team, and uh, they have made it to the quarterfinals in the East Coast. So we'll see what happens. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, well, I, I haven't done much. I've kind of been shout casting it. So that's about it. They 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 do the game. and um, uh, But it's kind of cool. Uh, it was uh, the East Coast of 33 teams, and they're now, no matter where they'll finish, they'll be in the top eight. So nice. So yeah, very nice. Yeah. So we'll see what happens next. Uh, next Wednesday is we're, we're playing the number one seeded team. So we'll see how we do against them. So wow, that's so cool. It is cool. It is cool. And the what? And the game for the spring is League of Legends. So I'm totally looking forward to it. That's my game. But, Lol. Yep. Absolutely. All right, Miles. You want to take us into uh, the real reason that we are here tonight, and that is. Well, beyond spending time with each other, which I absolutely love and adore. Um, let's talk about Battlestar. Yeah, so we are reviewing uh, Battlestar Galactica, the miniseries. Um, short little blurb. Uh, following the destruction of the 12 colonies of Cobalt by the Cylons, a ragtag fugitive fleet of the last remnants of mankind flees to pursuing Cylons while simultaneously searching for their true home, Earth. Uh, it was... Written by uh, Ronald D. Moore, uh, fans know of his past work on Star Trek D Space Nine and Star Trek Next Generation. Uh, also, Glenn Larson, uh, I guess, wrote, wrote some of it also. He was the original producer of the classic Battlestar Galactica, and it was directed by uh, Michael Reimer. And it came out um, in 2003. Yeah. You know, anytime I hear like the 12 colonies, I can't help but make parallels to the Jewish 12, the, the 12 tribes. I'm mm. sure, I'm sure there's an, I, I'm sure there's probably a correlation somewhere, but I haven't researched it. But it just makes me think of it whenever I see that. That's my, that's my religious upbringing kicking in probably. <laughs> but, well, well, Star Galactica was never, not never afraid to touch religion. And so there, in both shows, they kind of uh, played around with it and, and yeah. incorporated uh in his storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, uh, did any of you guys watch this live as it was airing? Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. Then and, uh, <laughs> it's probably one of the only things we all watched live. I, you know, um, so maybe the other question to ask coming into this, how many of you had watched the original Battlestar before this reincarnation of it? I did. I did, I did too. Yeah. I, <laughs> I I did not. So I have no I have nothing to kind of weigh it against. So uh, maybe the question to ask uh, all of you since you've all watched the original coming into this having watched the original how did it uh, what were your expectations? Did it meet those expectations? Um did it excel? Did it did it draw back some ways? Let's kind of so a couple questions there on the table, and let's maybe round table a little bit. Um, Miles, let's start with you. I I remember when they um, announced that, that Sci Fi Channel that they were going to uh, at least do a mini series of, of Battlestar Galactica, and it's going to be reimagined. I mean, being a fan of the old one. You know, it would have been nice to see maybe them do something with that. But, no, they were going to start from the beginning and kind of do their own thing. And I saw pictures of the Vipers and pictures of the Galacta. I thought, oh, man, this looks – they're beautiful. I can't wait to see this. I mean, I'm already – I already I already bought it even without 
seeing so much as a, a tease or anything yet, just seeing some pictures and, and, and some magazines. Um, and, and, and hearing, I was familiar with Edward James Alamos, but most of everybody else I was less familiar with. I mean, I was a little familiar with, with Mary, Mary McDonald, but um, so there's a lot, you know, a lot of people I've never really saw before on screen, but um, you know, as far as, as far as just, I was expecting it to be good and I wasn't disappointed. Um, I, I guess I was surprised at first, maybe how, more human the characters were in this um, in, in this rendition than the other one. Um, I, I think in, in, in the nineteen seven late seventies one, the characters, although not perfect, but they were just seemed all of them seemed a little bigger than life. And the characters in this one, um, best way to say it is more human. Uh, they all had some of them had. Uh, character flaws some had their own things they were struggling with some you know um you know they, they seem just kind of, you know kind of ordinary until something forces them to um you know have to you know step up and stand out um because you know the world has ended um and so that 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 surprised me, I guess, going in as just seeing how, how human these characters were and just, um, just, just, just seeing that, um, I, I guess there, there, you can't help, even though it's not a fair comparison, what the old show did, did what, what the new show, new show did, but just, um, um, one thing I liked about the new one was, You had two two sides with the humans. One one side wanting to just okay, let's rearm and go after the silence. Where you have the last living um, member of the cabinet, who is who would be the heir apparent to the presidency. She says, "No, we have to rescue who is left and try to you know save what is humanity is save, save what is left of humanity, so humanity has a fighting chance to survive." And so, I like what they did there. They in in the classic one. They sometimes made the be kind of these um, uh, these naive fools, and uh, in this one, you know, you, you had people who were politicians, but they're also good people trying to do something, uh, doing the right thing. No, very good, very good. No, I uh, additionally thought it couldn't be, certainly couldn't be worse than the original, as far <laughs> as production value and and campiness and everything. But it it was. For its time, it it was great, and I still, I still break it out every now and then and watch the, uh, watch the original just, just for the sake of it. Um, production value, yeah, just like, just like Miles said, it's kind of the same reaction that I got when I saw J.J. Abrams Enterprise compared to, you know, original TOS. It was like, oh wow, this looks really really cool. Um, in comparison, but of course, for the time, you know, it looked it looked different. Um, yeah, everything you said about characters and everything like that, just the difference in in the writing between then and now, as far as not being afraid to put the human element into 
what are supposed to be your heroes rather than making them consistently almost infallible to where they're almost cartoony. But, and then that's one of the things Battlestar, I thought the new, the reimagined one here did so well. What was developing and writing their characters, seeing the, the dichotomy of what they're, what they're going through and how they're trying to survive, but yet not become what, you know, what they're fighting. But yeah, it, it, it's, it's certainly has been one of my favorites. I, uh, at the time I had my computer, my old desktop hooked up to my TV and I was able to somehow run cable TV into it and, and catch and record programs. And I think I still have the DVDs burnt with all of the episodes from at least season one that I saved onto the computer and then burnt to a disc to watch later. But, uh, no, it, it was very, very good. It's hard to compare the old, the first one and the old, and the second one. It is because the first one, if you you think about what technology was around back then, and you think about how television was produced back then, what what entertainment industry, the entertainment industry was putting out there, and how they were putting it out there. So, like, you know, that sense of like creating, you know, a reality, creating a more believable, you know, future, one that isn't like everything is clean and the buttons are easy and there's so much light everywhere and, you know, making it all glassy and then going to Battlestar Galactica, the, this new iteration, it's much more visceral. It's much more raw. Like it's, 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 it's like, it's like actually they, they paid attention to, to those details because the, the level of sophistication of the science fiction fan has like it there's such a leap in 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 their tastes and 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 what they expect from a fantasy world and so like it's i i funny enough we had this conversation last week at work um comparing the two and the one dude only just saw the original one this year he's like it's shit's crap look at the sound the, <laughs> all the 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 effects are terrible and i said i want you to go back and research what it was like back then and what they had and then come and tell me because it was for the time like uh uh six million dollar man was out at the same time wasn't he and then um, buck rogers came along after yep so, that's a good so larson production it's it's a little hard it, for what it is. I, I, I feel like I'm always defending original Battlestar because I'm one of the last nerds that loved it. <laughs> I'll defend him <laughs> with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Despite the cheesiness. I mean, it's caked in fromage. I get lactose intolerance watching it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's something kind of sweet and, and, and that I get be- about it because as a kid, to me, that was amazing. His Dog is a robot? Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> yeah. So cool. Like, and then there's the there's the one episode where like uh there there's a planet where everyone's kind of still in Western times, and a, one of the Cylons gets reprogrammed to be like Desperado to protect this one dude's land, and it's crazy. Like, but I bought it because 
that's the kind of stuff that that like Wonder Woman, uh, Six Million Dollar Man, the Bionic Woman. That's what they were feeding us at the time because that's what they could do. And another thing was one of the reasons why Battlestar Galactica came on TV in the first place was because of Star Wars. Star Wars had um, people want more science fiction in their movies and TV and. And, and, and Battlestar Galactica was, was one of the responses to that. Uh, it was a, you know, a, a space opera. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I'm with you as far as defending it. I mean, we're talking 40 years ago when the, when, when the original one came out. And for, for what they had, I mean, it's pretty, you know, it, to, to, make a, to make a show like that, you know, it's, I thought they did a heck of a job but by, by what they had, and they also had to keep it family friendly. They, they couldn't, even though it was that they're dealing with mature themes like the end of the world, most of the human race is gone. They had to be careful as far as how much they pushed the envelope, as far as uh, just how serious the show could go in places. And so that's why it is kind of cheesy. And like you said, you, you know, you get kind of sick from how, how sweet it is at times. But in the nineteen seventies, that that's what they they had limitations. They couldn't they could only they couldn't go that dark yeah, like they could yeah. with the, with uh, reimagined. Uh, and as every all the shows from that era in in this genre were all they were all the real pioneers for everything that we have now. You know, you had to start somewhere. Yeah, yes, and I and I think you guys are right. It's it it, it makes total sense that. And it's easy. And let me back up. It's easy to judge shows from the seventies and say, "Oh, they're camp and all that." But and you're right. You know, you look at what they were for their time, and and uh, how they were stepping stools for everything that came after. It's um, they really were. They really were incredible for its time, for the sensibilities of the uh, society at the time. And I think you got to look at all. You got to look at those shows in the context, in the broader context, um, mm. and not. And not be as quick to judge. It's harder for us, you know, now, you know, forty years later to look back and say, "Oh, it's campy and all that," because for us, like Battlestar Galactica, the Reimagined series was so gritty and so honest and so uh, brutal at times, and um, and wrestled with stuff that the original Battlestar could not have in this time frame. And um, but if it wouldn't have been for the original Battlestar, who knows if we would have had the Reimagined? Now, did any of you watch? Galactica 1980. I did. Yes. Yeah. I, I loved yeah. it too. I mean, you know, it, you know, yeah, yeah, it had its problems, but um, when you're nine years old, you know, it's it's great TV. Yeah. It was good enough. I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it it was funny to watch because you're expecting. Or I was expecting when I first pop popped it in. That it's like okay. Wait a minute. Why are they on Earth? Uh, right. Why, why are they not dressed right? Where's the Vipers? <laughs> yeah. Well, they were trying to blend in. Yeah. It was the worst. It was the worst premise. <laughs> I mean, it was dumb. But they did what they could. And, you know, I'm proud of them. Yeah. They yeah. made an effort. And, and one of the, I mean, the, the one of the great episodes of Galacta 1980, which had very little to do with the show, was the return of Starbuck, which... Might might be the best episode of the whole series. It's uh, it, it's worth going back. Um, in in reading this 
this book I'm reading, they're kind of hinting that Starbuck may have eventually became one of those. Remember the, the ship of, of we're kind of really veering off here, but uh, <laughs> ship, you know, the now the being of light, whatever they dealt with in the original Battlestar Galactica. Uh, oh yeah. You know, the, you know, Starbuck was good. The plan was that Starbuck was going to eventually become one of those people. That woman was that, that pregnant woman had, had uh, she was one of those people. And this was almost like a probationary thing for Starbuck. And if he was going to pass the test or not. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. That's just some background history about that episode, but I get, but we, as much as I want to talk about classic BSG, we probably get back. Right. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm guilty. No, but, but here's the thing: myself. you you almost can't discuss this series by itself because it is, it is, it's it's linked in not only by name, by by the characters that people grew up and loved with, loved, and then they brought them back here, and there were there were changes that were made and some for the better. And some people struggled to get past what they got used to. And so I think we do got to talk about the original. So I think it's fine that we talked about it. But even then you had a good jumping off point there with the, the original Starbuck having some grand destiny to, to be a light person or whatever. And then jumping into the reimagined and Starbucks role, especially in like the last two seasons, I mean, they, they they kept they did keep true to that mm. extent, and that was some of the inspiration for that, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, so let's talk about as we watch the miniseries. Um, what were some of the things that stood out to us as we watched it, and, and especially if maybe you watched it again? Um, maybe part of the question in there is. Uh, we're now what f- fifteen years plus uh, since this originally aired. How how does it feel now? Is it just as relevant as it was when it first aired? Sixteen years as of November seventh. Wow! Because it was November seventh, two thousand and three. Okay. The only reason I know that is because when I was rewatching it today, my Apple TV like showed it. Okay. I remember. Oh my god! I remember being so excited. Because I had just won an Apple iPod video, and so <laughs> I was buying the episodes, not the HD, the, not the HD, because I wasn't feeling that spendy. But I, I remember like getting them and like watching them at work on my tiny, tiny, stupid little screen. <laughs> that was awesome. Sorry. So, <laughs> sorry. Keep going. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So uh, yeah, I guess. Um, so what do you think? Rewatching it, how does it hold up? And um, yeah. well, to your first question, um, I, I think some of this came, you know, ki- kind of addressing nine eleven, um, but maybe on a grander scale, um, in a sense. Just and so, the, the, is it still relevant? Yeah, I think I think people could watch this show and still. Um, one thing Battlestar always did for me was it, it didn't it, it made, made you re- took an issue sometimes made you wrestle with it didn't tell you what to think but it made you think and as far as the miniseries um, what I what I enjoyed there's there's so much I enjoyed miniseries but the the dynamic 
the relationship between Adama and 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 Laura Roslin. Uh, you know, he you know, he wants to write her off as just a you know a glorified school teacher, not 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 the president of the twelve colonies and, and the rightful heir apparent of it. Um, but you know, eventually he, the, he he's able to see things her way, and. Um, you know, he, he wants to go after the Cylons, you rearm the Galactica and, you know, um, you know, she, she's has, she's has the one to put the brakes on and just says, there's only 50,000 of us. We have, you know, and, you know, Adam is saying, you know, we're at war and Rosalind's like, no, the war's over. We lost, you know? And he's like, you know, we, and, and he's like, do we, we need to talk, tail and, and run away she says yes as far as we can and just i mean you have two of the best one two of the best actors in the world just you know go, going at it and it's it's just it was just a very enjoyable to watch that over again just watching the two of them going at it and um mary mcdonald is 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 brilliant in this she 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 gets a uh, her character gets the diagnosis she's dying of cancer and the one scene where she's on the ship she's kind of she broke down in the bathroom and then she finds out what's going on but somehow she manages to dust herself off and um you know the pilot you know the pilot is shaking you know he has they're getting they're getting printouts of what's going on he he you know he could barely function she holds his hand till so he collect himself you know she just she's just dealing with her own mortality then she finds out most of the human race is dead she has to you know she has to step up and um just that 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 transition of watching her go from i'm i'm you know i'm gonna probably be dead in a year and then she finds out most everybody else is already dead and just this responsibility that's been dropped on her lap and just seeing her not uh run away from it but just but embrace it and, and just go for it and be the voice of reason and, and be um, the voice of, of mercy also in trying to rescue as many people as possible. Um, I think that's what makes her character beautiful. In my opinion, you, you see this, this character wrestling with uh, her own mortality, but somehow having to step up because everyone above her and the chain of command has been knocked out. Um, and that's uh, one of the things I loved about her character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Adama saying, you know, she she's like, what did you? Why did you change your mind? And he goes, you were wrong. No, he goes, I was wrong. You were right. Let's just leave it at that. You know. <laughs> yeah. And and you know, moving forward, it's not going to always be that easy between the two of them. But but she's able to you know get him to change you know change his mind and and go go the different direction that she go the direction she thinks that everybody you know where they should be going. Other thoughts here, uh, Dave Miles. Uh, Dave Miles M. I talk a little. Uh, M. <laughs> Dave, go ahead. <laughs> now, I, I love the uh, really the overarching themes in this show, and I, I think today it, it certainly holds up production-wise. Right, you know, it, it it certainly holds up that way. I think thematically, if that's even a word, 
holds up even more so than I think it did then. If you really watch it and you're seeing the themes that play through it, and we're getting closer and closer to just the technical technological advancements that we're having, you know, 5g networks coming out, which is supposed to be comparable between now and the, the rotary phone in, in its technological leap. Adding on top of that, the development of artificial intelligence and all these great things that we're planning on doing. But to when does the machine actually take over? Same themes out of Terminator. And watching it play out and especially throwing then in the, the religious aspects into it with this show make it so thought-provoking and fascinating that one really like you said miles if you don't come out of this actually thinking or making you think then you're not paying close enough attention i i i think it holds up tremendously today um i was adjusting the velcro on my boot and that's not a great sound so i'm muted <laughs> um i mean it's not a great sound um so First off, it's like the longest pilot ever because it's, you know, four hours long. About. Um, but it was it was something I was very much looking forward to. It was nice to get that. To me, there was a huge sense of nostalgia. And then there was the... the it seemed to be the time where science fiction writers were pushing through their reimaginings where they weren't keeping it they really were reimagining it. They just weren't rebooting it. Um, when Starbuck turned out to be a chick, as well as um, Boomer, when some of the roles seemed a little different, different kind of um, environment on the ship, you know, we were catching them at the beginning of this new devastation instead of in the middle of a devastation. So you, you really get to watch a little bit of an origin story, a little story for everybody, and then have have all of them just, as you're starting to get to know them and you like them and, okay, there's a war, we spend the whole series like really watching them evolve and suffer and survive and succeed. So it was, as I look back, um, the pilot makes sense to be for like two movies or four episodes. It's in four parts on my iTunes. So if I remember correctly, it was two, two hour, like film TV movie specials. And it, it was just nice to have something new to talk about and to find other people there. I remember going to meetup events where there were, uh, uh, we'd go to frack parties at somebody's house and we'd all watch the episode and then like freak out about what happened or talk about or argue or whatever. It, it, it was come, it was right at the beginning, this renaissance of the nerd. And I, I think, um, uh, Donald, Ronald E. Moore, he, he knew what he was doing. The, the baby killing thing, like snapping the baby's neck. I still, I fast forwarded through that. because <laughs> It's disturbing. I, it is. It disturbing. is very disturbing. And he's where re he's referenced it too. Like, he talked about it. Did you ever listen to the podcast that would come out with his commentary? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a brilliant idea. <laughs> that was so cool of him doing that. But when he would come out and say, look, 
you admitted, like, you know, we're, 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 we're pushing it. We are being, we're putting this in your face. This is a whole new reality. And it's, it really does set up your hatred. I mean, everybody hates the Cylons. They're bad. They're robots. Ew, toasters. Yuck. Um, but they were, it was, it was an act of viciousness and mercy at the same time. And it's so weird. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed every, some episodes were a little, but like that happens with every series. Right. And I, I really did enjoy, um, having that, having BSG to watch and, and be a part of. Yeah. I could, I couldn't wait, you know, as you're watching this and you're waiting for the episodes to kind of air and come out, you know, I just continually is one of those things that you look forward to each week and, um, the issues would drop and, at the time, I was uh, I would get together Friday nights with the, uh, the original uh, host of the diner, Don Bender, and we would we would sit and just we would sit and just chat. It would be a, it would be a conversation piece, and I think because um, because as Miles and O and other people have referenced that this is they wrestled with real questions in a lot of ways. This reminds me of some of the best of Star Trek, where they present questions. And they wrestle with them, and they don't necessarily give you an answer. And that's the way I felt about Battlestar. They they wrestled with issues of government, issues of religion, issues of of, of life, and um, and 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 they made you think. And they didn't come down on one side. Um, sometimes sci-fi to me comes across as a bit preachy. Uh, whatever whatever the platform, whatever we're trying to do, and I felt like Battlestar kind of strode a middle ground, not making it wishy-washy, but instead challenging us to draw our own conclusions, uh, make our own, make up our own minds and, and understand that the issues are not always black and white. Um, and that's something that I think this is a message. Like I'm looking at our society now. This is an, this is a message that we as a society continually need to hear um, uh, because we tend to be so polarized right now. And, and uh, I just, I, I look at, I look at the challenges, the challenges that Battlestar kind of laid down for us, and they are—they aren't black and white. And the ability to kind of work at figuring these things out and listening to each other is just as important as it was during Battlestar. Yeah, and I think it was actually a quote from uh, one of the characters in that show, tying off of what you said. It's not enough just to survive. It's not enough just to survive, but one has to be worthy of survival. <laughs> Truth. You know, it, 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 and you said it goes to the same thing here as, as separated, as interconnected as we are, we've never been more separated. Mm. And the, the conflicts that goes in our society, you know, the, the question gets asked, well, which side's going to win? How is our society going to survive? Well, is it really worth surviving? If we're constantly at each other's throat, if we're mm-hmm. constantly, you know, labeling another person just because of a Facebook post or an Instagram photo that we now somehow know their entire thought pattern and their, their way of thinking belief system. It, it, it's, it, it's really worth looking at that question yeah yeah that was from adama's speech um and, and it, 
if just for, from production value, they decide, okay, the Galactica is not going to be the best battle star. We're actually retiring it in this show until the apocalypse. And then, uh, then it's the last battle star and it's antiquated, but it's antiquated for a reason, but it's the last best hope for man, which I thought was, they made some interesting creative choices with, um, uh, what they did with the Galactica, what they did with the Cylons, as far as how the Cylons were able to, um, you know, just massacre the humans and just, just go through them. Like they were nothing, um, cyber warfare. That's, you know, that, that, that there's talk with that as far as where we're going, um, you know, with the military and everything. And they, they explore cyber warfare in the show. Uh, so they have to go back to, you know, the Galactica was built to be more primitive, more low tech in some ways. Um, and they went back to being high tech. And then that's why the humans didn't stand a chance against the Cylons. Yeah. Well, it's Patton, a- because guys was a was a horn dog. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'll say it. Preach it. I'll say it out loud. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's 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 so true, and you know, it, it, what a beautiful premise. You, you have a, you have an admiral that's retiring, the ship's being retired, and and suddenly they're forced to, in a sense, live beyond what humanity would have deem being their usefulness and they become the most important parts of the, in a sense, some of the most important parts of the story. Mm-hmm. And, um, they push it, they push it forward. Um, it's just a, it's an incredible, it's an, it's, it's really an, it's an incredible start to the story. And that's what we watched in the miniseries here, but the story itself, um, very few, very few seasons felt weak to me. And I know that people crapped on the ending. They hated the ending of it, but, um, I really did like the finale. I'm, I know, oh, yeah. I'm one of the naysayers of it. The, uh, you know, I'm, I'm reading through some of the quotes coming out of this first episode. That you know, they, they're they're talking about Laura, Laura Roslin saying, "There's no Earth. You made it all up." And then he says, um, "You're right. There's no Earth. It's a legend. Then why? It's not enough just to live. You have to have something to live for." And then, um, and then in the end, they they find a place that looks like Earth at least. But well. If we just go back a little further, just the the genius of Edward James Olmos, um, you know, they filmed that um, memorial scene, and um, they were just going to do a, you know, maybe one so say we all, and then um, everybody is somber, everybody is despondent, and then he just felt like he had to, you know, he took, you know, he took control, and uh, you know. He, he got everybody to just keep saying, so say we all. And then he went into his uh, um, monologue. Um, that is an that, was, that is an incredible monologue. We really should stick it into the show. With heavy hearts, we lift up their bodies to you, O lords of Kobol, in the knowledge that you will take from them their burdens and give them life eternal. We also pray that you look down upon us now with mercy and with love just as you did upon our forefathers many years ago, just as you led us from COBOL and found the 12 worlds. So now we hope and pray that you will lead us to a new home where we may begin life anew. So say we all, 
So say we all. 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 Are they the lucky ones? That's what you're thinking, isn't it? We're a long way from home. We've jumped way beyond the red line into uncharted space. Limited supplies, limited fuel, no allies, and now, no hope. Maybe it would have been better for us to have died quickly, back on the colonies with our families, instead of dying out here slowly in the emptiness of dark space. Where shall we go? What shall we do? Life here began out there. Those are the first words of the sacred scrolls. And they were told to us by the Lords of Kobol many countless centuries ago. And they made it perfectly clear that we are not alone in this universe. Elosha, there's a 13th colony of humankind, is there not? Yes. The scrolls tell us a 13th tribe left Cobol in the early days. They traveled far and made their home upon a planet called Earth, which circled a distant and unknown star. It's not unknown. I know where it is. Earth. The most guarded secret we have. The location was only known by the senior commanders of the fleet. And we dared not share it with the public, not while there was a Cylon threat upon us. For now, we have a refuge to go to, a refuge that the Cylons know nothing about. It won't be an easy journey. It'll be long and arduous, but I promise you one thing. On the memory of those lying here before you, we shall find it. And Earth will become our new home. So say we all. 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 Dismissed. I mean, uh, he, he, you know, he, but you know, he ad libbed, you know, just the. Um, the response of so say we all thing, um, you know, that was not scripted. It was just, but it works. It's just, um, 
you know, you could tell people are shocked when he, he, he is getting people to, you know, keep saying it, but it worked. It, you know, it made the scene just feel more alive when he did that. Yeah. It was a great mantra to keep the, uh, keep them, keep them rolling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's funny. I was looking at the, I was looking at the credits for the miniseries and, you know, I've always, Miles, I know that we've talked about this, but Bear McCreary was always the guy that, you know, wrote the music for the show, but he did not write the music for the miniseries. Okay. He's not credited anywhere in the miniseries. Um, where did I see? I forget, I forget who is, but it was not him. It was another, another writer. I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, but but the music of Battlestorm, when you look at it, in general, it was is so haunting. Um, there's a uh, there's a term for it, and I was looking up that term. They call it. Um, I'm going to totally mispronounce it. It's like a leet motif, L E I T motif, and they call it a phrase or melodic cell that signals a character, place, or plot element, mood, and the opening franchise that has that haunting, meditative feel to it it's incredible well and it works because uh, and, and as mu- and, you know, much i love the classic um bsg and it, it's the opening part is a beautiful piece of music but i'm not sure it, you know it, it's it's epic it's big i don't know if it always fits the mood of okay we just had the apocalypse the world is ending most of humanity is dead and we got to struggle through this. Uh, the, the music they came up with, with the reimagine, I thought really kind of just painted the mood. Um, well, yeah, it was a, a Richard Gibbs, by the way, as a guy that wrote the miniseries music. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, there's a lot of other things we can talk about. Uh, who, who we interviewed in the past years from, from Battlestar. Let's start. Let's talk there, and then we can talk maybe a little bit more about other things that kind of stuck out to us. Well, we uh, we, we we spoke with Richard Hatch. He was one of our first celebrity guest interviews. He was, uh, and he has the distinction of being the only actor who was who had, you know he played Apollo in the in the classic BSG, and he played a a, a reoccurring character uh, Tom Zarek in the, in the reimagined. Um. We had a we had a great interview with Edward James Alamos. Um, he was kind enough to give us a, at least a half hour, maybe yeah, longer. I think it was forty five minutes. It was pretty pretty insane. Yeah, he, he was very generous with his time. Uh, we got we had, we talked to Katie Sackoff, uh, number six herself. We talked to Trisha Helfer. Um, I just remember um, the, the the pictures kept get messed up on your phone. So we had to take it a few times. So I had to, you know, keep my <laughs> right. arm around Trisha Hell for a little longer. I, right, I was right. really that was about that. What? Uh, oh. That must have sucked. <laughs> it did. It yeah. did. And then, so then, Miles, then, then, then Miles would come over. I'm like, you still haven't washed that shirt yet, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah. I kind of enjoyed that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Vacuum seals it and takes it out every once in a while. Yeah. Oh yeah. Smell of perfume on my shirt. Yeah. It's, uh, um, <laughs> he, he took one for the team, right? Now. I did. Uh, we, we we talked to Michael Hogan. Um, he 
one of my favorite characters in the show played Colonel Ty. Uh, we talked to Kate Vernon. Uh, she played uh, uh, Ty's wife, uh, Helen. Uh, Ellen. Um, we talked to Sam Whitworth twice. Uh, we, it was only a, a couple of years ago we talked to Sam Whitworth again at uh, Farpoint. Uh, we interviewed Tamla Pennicott at Farpoint a few years ago. Um, we talked to Michael Truco uh, a couple years ago. Um, talked to Luciana Caro. She played a uh, cat. She was kind of like a foil for uh, Starbuck. Uh, we, she was only in there for a minute or two. She had a bigger part in the show um, Sanctuary. But we talked to Amelia Ulrup. Uh, we talked to uh, Rekha Sharma. And we talked to Nana Visitor, who, was, who guest starred uh, one episode. But she's best known for uh, being uh, playing uh, Karen Reese on Deep Space Nine. Oh yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of anybody else, but um, I think that that's um, enough, that's that's a good list. But, yeah, it is. It's a very good list. Yeah. I remember trying to interview Starbuck during the World Cup. That didn't. That was interesting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> In a bar. So. But if you know, if you want to know where uh, you know Katie Sackoff or Edward James Alamos were, if they were not at their tables, they were in the bar watching the, the soccer game. Oh yeah, they were. Indeed, indeed. But that's a that's a that's a pretty uh pretty hefty list here of uh, people that we've uh, kind of interviewed, and uh, um, I know I know I knew it was extensive. I'm not sure if that's quite all of them. There might be a few others in there to have to look, but I have to go back in the archives and pull some of them up. I'm so bummed I wasn't around for any of those. <laughs> nah, you got in a not visitor. That was uh, that had to make your day. Oh, it did, but <laughs> still. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe we'll see somebody at Shirley from Ballstar. You never know. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll crop know. up again. So they will. Yeah. But well, so uh, those are the characters we interviewed. As far as uh, were there any moments that really we, we talked about the baby's head being snapped, and obviously the the speech that Adama gives is absolutely chilling. Um, were there other moments in this miniseries, or maybe? Um, uh, that you want to talk about, and the other thing we can talk about is how how well did, did this miniseries set up the next four seasons for us? Well, uh, one to mention, M mentioned uh, Baltar, and I mean he was the, the character was played by John Kalkos in the classic BSG. He he was entertaining, but he was almost a one dimensional character. In 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 the reimagined, yes, he is a horn dog, and. But he's played brilliantly by James Callis. You're not sure at times. You know he hasn't totally sold out uh, to silence, but he hasn't totally devoted himself to necessarily saving the human race either. He he's pretty much just trying to save himself. Yeah, just trying to you know save himself and keep he's you know. He's truly ahead, the most selfish human ever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Keep going. Miles. No, it's oh, true. no, Em, you're on a roll. Go ahead. Like he makes me so mad <laughs> because the, the duplicitousness is just, it's rampant, you know, like he's in it for himself. But then when he sees like, well, crap, I need to, uh, I'm going to need the humans on this one. Let me suck up to them. And like when, when there's, when there's so much intelligence and science and creativity and genius and it's completely, you know, caked in self-serving egotism and narcissism. You you just want to punch him in the junk. 
<laughs> just repeatedly. Like someone should have just like, you know, like pushed him hard enough that his junk wouldn't work anymore. And I'm pretty sure things would have been a little bit better. And truly, this whole thing happened because he was a horn dog. I mean, I'm sure that they would have found another human being, but they even said it in the show. It was so easy because you're a narcissistic tool. Oh, that and, is, that is and true. just and just seeing him at different times throughout that, you know, when 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 six uh, just spills the beans about who she is, about what's going to happen, and first he's incredulous and and doesn't believe it, but then after all hell breaks loose, he 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 becomes this, you know, simpering. Yeah, and, and, you know he, he, but you know he he cowers right behind you know um six while his house is exploding it's just uh and, and he, he the scene where uh boomer and and uh a Hilo had to land to repair repair the rafter you know they had these humans that were just trying to get you know want to try to get a spot on the ship and this this old lady has the number 47 of course uh um more paying some homage to star trek but um He's like, can I, is there any way I could make this work for myself? And then, uh, you know, he know, you know, he, he, but it seems like he has a guilty conscience. And so when he gets called out, it's like, you know, uh, I didn't do anything wrong. She, she has the, she has the number. And, uh, you know, but, but you know, he's like, can I turn this to my advantage? She can't see the number. Maybe I can, you know, right. It's, yeah. He, he just, he's brilliant throughout this whole thing. Just yeah. for playing the, Playing, probably playing the worst of humanity, just that duplicity that M talked about, and just trying to, you know, sa- you know, save his own skin, and just, uh, you know, tr- tr- trying to gain the advantage any way he can, but uh, playing both sides. Yeah. Now, forget the uh, the episode. Does it op- does it open with him and uh, Trish Elfer? No, it opens. Uh, with the they're on the ship, the armistice ship, okay. yes. where they go, yes. and the right. dude hangs out there, and he's they're waiting and waiting, and it's right. been forty years, and um, uh, six shows up, and are you alive? And he, uh, yeah, oh, and that's then right. <laughs> she kisses him, and then there's the boom. He's like, "What is that?" You know, humanity's children has returned, and then it just blows up. Right. Right. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, that's that is that is, and that's such an iconic too moment for the show. It kind of sets a premise for it. I was just wondering. I guess I was wondering if. I mean, it seems to be like six and uh, and Baltar's character uh, kind of frame out the beginning of the series and then the end of the series are like the last two characters we see standing in a sense. We we see the uh, uh, head six or angel six and angel. Angel head Baltar, whatever. In, in doing some reading for this, it was I never connected their characters to the ship of light lights or whatever. But that's kind of what they're alluding to in a way. Is these, these people are like these kind of angels that are those those six made Baltar believe that uh, you know she was the she was a Cylon six uh, that was. Uh, seduced him and manipulated him to uh, sell out the human race. Um, you know, she was a different being of of a d- different being of different order altogether throughout the you know yeah throughout the show. Yeah. Well, by the Did way, love. Go oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, there was an episode where 
Six was seeing head Baltar and Baltar was seeing head six and the same episode. Those were, those were moments that, that were really weird to watch people have their own like psychosis <laughs> like that. But then it was just funny that it happened in the same episode. And then was it, Oh, the episode when he came up with the, um, they came up with the Cylon detector and they found the Exo's wife and they're like, no, test this one. No, test this one. No, test this one. And then um, they find out who the real Cylon is. But like at some point, head Baltar was shagging head six and then they just walk in and he's standing there next to the table with his trousers down. <laughs> like Those moments where they, I mean, they really, they're the stupidity of humanity and the visceral needs, animal needs of some of some humans, they they really took it somewhere funny. But am I wrong? In, uh, am I remembering incorrectly that there was an episode where like head six and head um, Baltar like were in the same episode and maybe even talked to each other or something? They might have. I don't. I, yeah, I'd have to go back, but you, you're probably right. Just I can't recall for sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember offhand, but um, it's interesting. We also interviewed Mike DePud. Oh yeah, yeah. he was. Uh, yeah, he was in Battlestar Galactica. He was in Blood and Chrome. Yeah, well, he's in four. Mm. He was in four episodes as crewman specialist Gage in uh, series, actually. Okay, yeah. he, I didn't. Know. Okay, yeah. he was one of the ones that was beaten on. Uh, on. Uh, Boomer six Cylon oh. Boomer. Yeah. Well, that would be him beating in things. Oh, so. he was one of the Pegasus. Uh, he was on the yeah. Pegasus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, that yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Funny enough, he's like a big giant Nazi in um um Man in the High Castle. Yeah, not surprised. <laughs> it's really a shame. He needs to find other gigs. <laughs> he does. He's, he's he's unfortunately his his look typecasts him all the time and. Uh, but then wasn't he Andy in um, Eureka? Uh, wasn't he also the, the the robot cop? No, I, I, a different I guy. Different guy. I know, um, the, the actor's name loses me at the moment, but um, he, he that guy was also um, in uh, Stargate Atlantis. Um, um, this guy was in Continuum. Yeah, Mike Dupold also was. Um, you you saw the second Deadpool, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he was the prison, the main prison guard um, in, in Deadpool too. Um, I mean, he's done oh, a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he he got to call uh, Deadpool a prick in the, you know in the prison. <laughs> um, uh, he was also an SG one. Yeah. I forgot that SG one. Yeah. yeah. He's done t- lots of Canadian sci-fi. Oh he's my been gosh. Every- yeah. He's been working steady since 1993 when he was playing Doom. He was voicing Doom in the video okay. games. But, yeah. But cool, you found you found another another person we interviewed that was in Battlestar. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what else do you want to pull from here? We could talk about Battlestar all night. I mean, and I... We I, could. I, There's... <laughs> There, 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 the the dynamic between uh, Starbuck and Apollo. Um, well, for, for first we first we find out that uh, the relationship between. Um, oh, I was right. 
Sorry. Okay. So Ty Olson, he played Deputy Andy, not Sheriff Andy. So Deputy Andy uh, blew himself up because they needed um, some sort of reactor thing to happen. So the guy, um, Ty Olson from Battlestar Galactica, was Deputy Andy. Sheriff Andy was a different actor. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, it was driving me crazy. Like, I know that face. I know that face. I always found him to be kind of cute. Sorry. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry <laughs> Miles. <laughs> go, go back to what you were saying. I'm sorry. No, but no, no. So that, 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 that's totally fine. Um, but we find out in the show that um, the relationship between Adama and Apollo is not just not just strained. It's it's estranged because of the loss of their brother Zach. And in the classic Battlestar, you had brother Zach. He ended up getting killed by the Cylons in the um, in, in in the pilot. Um, but what we you know, what we find out is that Kara was uh, Zach's um, uh, flight instructor, and she passed him when she shouldn't have. And so when they're when they're about ready to go um, launch and go out, you know, keep the Cylons away while they they still you know get this. They're they're getting all the ships together ready to do an FDL jump. Uh, she confesses to him. She says, you know. I passed Zach when I shouldn't have. And, you know, cause he's blaming his father for Zach's death. He says, Zach should have never been in flight school, never been in military or whatever. And that's been part of that rift between the two of them. And she says, no, it was, it was me. And he's like, why are you telling me this now? And she says, it's the end of the world. Lee, I need to confess my sins to somebody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just some great, great dialogue for one thing, but just great. Just where, people are in this i mean they're you know yes the end of the world has just happened there's this tiny bit of humanity and where people's heads are at and stuff uh, i'm sure there's other examples like that but um yeah uh it would take we, we, we would be we talk about this all night yeah yeah i love the revelation of the cylons near the end of the episode like boomer you find about her Oh yeah, and it's just uh, it's just like the reveals like oh, and then and from then on you're like how are they are they going to discover how they're going to infiltrate and how's this all playing out and this person doesn't know and uh, I think that some of that is some of that's really really good. Um, I also like the other thing I want to mention before we go is that I do like the I love how flawed all our characters are. Like we don't have we even Adama, certainly Colonel Ty, but each of these have such are, are so flawed in their own ways. And um, it makes them very real. And this is, this is who we have saving humanity, you know? Um, and uh, it gives, it gives me hope for our leaders sometimes, but uh, there's just, uh, you know, how flawed these people are in trying to rescue humanity in the midst of all their own foibles. It's uh, it was, it was, it was refreshing to have a show that had people that were far from perfect. So, yeah, they they could write people, you know, more realistic. I mean, our heroes back in the seventies and the eighties had to be larger than life and almost perfect. And we realized, no, our heroes can be human and still have, uh, could be fallible and have flaws and maybe work through them or maybe still suffer 
from them along the way. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, Galactica was a, in a lot of ways, I mean, yes, it was a sci-fi show, but it was also a very character driven show. Right. And so we got to Most go those places, you know, go to those places with, with, uh, um, these people. So M in wrapping up this, mm-hmm. having watched this, uh, pilot again, I guess a series of a pilot, um, is this a show that you would recommend people who haven't watched still to go back and watch? Yeah. No. I don't see why not. No. Like it, it still holds up. There's a lot of, of morals and mores and, and, and lessons that are, that still hold true. Yeah. Still really, really hold true. Yeah. Um, um, I think it stands the test of time. Very good. You know, I feel like it's still relevant. I would agree. I would agree. Dave, how about you? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. a doubt. This is one of my favorite sci-fi shows that have, that I've seen so far. Yeah. The rewatchability is great. And even talking about it here tonight, I, I'm going to start rewatching it again tomorrow. You're going to have a lot of series. If you keep doing this, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm going to run out of time, <laughs> but you uh, know, who yeah, needs, who it, needs to work? No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, what uh, I'm doing tomorrow at work. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it uh, certainly, certainly would recommend it. To- yeah. And Miles, you? Yeah, I would definitely recommend somebody who hasn't seen the show before. I think it, it was done at a time when um, production qualities have tremendously improved so i think even though the show is 15 years old i think you're gonna look at and, and see the production quality as far as like the visual effects and everything like that they do some really cool stuff with the camera angles and perspective of where you're seeing things happen i think it holds up today um as far as it you know being a character driven show and exploring issues of, of of things we're wrestling with now i think you'd still find it uh relevant and uh, yeah it, it, it definitely it definitely holds up I would, I would strongly recommend somebody watching this yeah absolutely and i agree i think that this is a, a show that certainly i would recommend if they, if someone has not watched this show they definitely should watch it the pilot is a great indicator of how great the show continued to be throughout its four seasons and uh and uh like any series there were certainly episodes that weren't strong but it in general, as a general rule, it was a really solid series for people to watch. But. All right. Well, I think that about does it. Do we know what uh, pilot we're going to be doing next? Uh, no, we will have to, um, we'll have to talk to offline and, uh, and yeah. figure it out. Um, hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Do we want to go like old school? We or could. Do we... we could totally should we, go. should we put it out to the fans? Like as they listen to this and yeah. we throw something up on Facebook. Yeah, let's we can just even throw up a question like what series would you like us to re to rewatch a pilot and talk about? And then they can watch too and send us their, their thoughts and comments. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh-huh. I agree. So uh M, will you throw that question up on Facebook? I can and will. Awesome, fantastic. All right. Well, um, I think that is about it. And uh, it's been great chatting with each one of you again. 
Absolutely great chatting with you. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. It has been great. Great uh, trip down memory lane when we talk about Battlestar, that's for sure. Heck yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, here's here's my question. Okay. Original Battlestar, did you watch it when it actually aired or in reruns? I not only watched it when it aired, but I saw the pilot in the movie theater. They were showing the pilot in, in movie theaters at the time. Wow. Wow. I did not. Dave, you're too Dang. Young. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> how old were you when original? Because if it, when did original BSG come out? 78, 79. I would have been seven or eight years old. Yeah. I think I'm a year or two older than you. I would have been nine. Are you really? Yeah. I wouldn't have been a twinkle in my daddy's eye. <laughs> All right, you. Okay, you young whippersnapper. <laughs> Go get your avocado toast, millennial. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, boomer. Oh, wow. uh, I'll wear that proudly. Yeah. Thanks for paying my social so security. Would I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, you guys are funny. All right, Miles, why don't you go ahead and take us out of the show here? All right, till next time. Good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Do your dailies, old man. <laughs> <Go back. laughs> yeah, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> But now, now, which was more painful, the foot or getting the uh, subpoena for that cheap ticket? Oh, the subpoena. <laughs> so, it, like, I had my tonsils out as an adult, and that was the most excruciating pain I felt in my life. Um, so it was, it goes tonsils, the subpoena, and uh, my calf muscle blowing. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but I have a lawyer friend actually working on the the whole um, on that part because really ridiculous and there's some class actions being prepared so it'll be was fun. This, was this through like one of those traffic camps? Yeah, it's through the um, it's through a toll booth and it's a privately owned toll. Ah. Uh. So that's the problem. And I have proof that I paid it. <laughs> so what's the issue? Um, so they, Fairfax County claims that they never received receipt that I paid it. So now I have to go to court, and, but it means I have to pay all the court fees. 
if not the the fine of a hundred dollars, over two dollars. Jeez, jeez, almighty! I have, I have a huge. I have a long uh, with my Easy Pass. I printed out the last years, and two other times that my Easy Pass didn't re up on my credit card, and I show proof of paying them, and then I pulled the last six years of my Easy Pass. And it was really only two incidents where this has happened before. So I'm going to show it to the judge, or my lawyer friend's going to show it to the judge and try and get it, like, um, just get it dropped completely. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's crazy town. How are you guys? I'm, so, I'm sorry about that, Em. I'm doing well. <clears throat> yeah, doing well. Busy. Although I did edit the last two episodes of the diner, so they're ready to go live tomorrow. <laughs> that's Ooh, how that's, that's how behind I am. So, well, life happens, and then it does. There you go. There we go. Um, I'm going through a midlife crisis. I'm competing in karate tournaments and um, doing pretty good right now. But I know my streak is not going to last. Uh, so that, that you know, that's kind of what I've been doing. That's exciting. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You, 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 was kung fu fighting. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to ask to see his video. <laughs> but, That's exciting, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm being called Karate Kid by, by some people in my school now. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the real Karate Kid or the fake one? Uh, well... I don't By know. I think I mean Ralph Macho. <laughs> um, I, I had to get inspiration from somewhere. That's it. Why is Ralph Macho the fake karate kid? Because Johnny is the real karate kid. Ralph just came in and bullied him the whole movie. What? I've, I've heard really. that. There's a, there's a YouTube video about it that explains how... how the roles you, you think one's the good guy and one's not but the, when they explain this out you come out of it going oh my god I've been watching this movie wrong all these years it's insane Ralph Macchio didn't do anything these guys just crapped all over him for no reason oh he moved in there tried to jump in there tried to steal his girl mess with him at a party when he was just there to have fun oh yeah you watch I'm serious look the video up and it's 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 amazing way they make this case you must not have gotten bullied as a kid oh very much so oh very much so that's a little weird i mean not you but but they did like like oh yeah i was tormented for like eight years (laughs) there's no way i would side with the oh you you gotta just listen to the explanation on it. it it's it's really convincing. Like, you know, this guy who did this has to be a lawyer somewhere. So fancy editing and yeah. And well, lawyer. not even editing. I mean, it, it, it's all just taking clips out of it and taking the timeline and explaining it from a different light. It's really, really interesting. Wow. Wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. 